Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Join us each week. This segment is brought to you by... And now, this... From our Art Deco virtual studios, overlooking the valley of Coolville, it's time to kick the flux capacitor and head back in time to your favorite retro pop culture trivia show. Wait, I know this. Get it, homies. Milo, we are back. I'm so excited because we are going to have a lot of fun this week. I, we're going to be talking about spooky things, mysterious things. I love good I know this is this is going to be fun, and I, I tell you what I like about this the, the most is the fact that um, for those of you that aren't familiar with TVParty.com, we are about to introduce you to a great website and uh, one, one that you're going to love. You're going to be visiting all the time. I've been going to this website since probably about 1996, but it's been around even longer than that. So get ready for a lot of fun today. We're going to be, uh, oh, we're going to venture back in time to some of the strange celebrity deaths. And we're not talking the, the, the normal ones everybody talks about, Marilyn Monroe and that type of thing. No, we're going to talk about some of the, uh, and we won't say B-list celebrities, it's just the fact that their deaths were not quite as in the spotlight as others. So it is time for Wait, I Know This, the show where we like to say you get the backstage trivia right from the celebrities themselves. And each week we visit with a star from classic TV, film, or music, or maybe someone who's an ex expert like this week and we try to get the behind the scenes trivia you can't get anywhere else i'm eric chilton and myla rivals with us hi myla hey eric and you know what i want to make sure that we get a chance to tell people about the fact that waitinoticed.com where of course you can listen to all of our previous episodes as well as get access to our blog um we've been doing a lot of construction on the site and we've got some nifty trivia from shows from the 50s 60s 70s and 80s we've uh, done a little bit of digging hopefully found a few fun factoids that you might not know about as well as fun clips from the show so please check out waitinoticed.com and of course if you can join us live that will be on sunday nights at seven o'clock Eastern Time here in America, for those of you who are listening across the pond, and we do appreciate that. And of course, you can always call in at 724-444-7444. Our call ID is 33219. If you remember, dial your PIN. If not, dial number one and then the pound key. And of course, that's on TalkShoe.com. All right, Eric, we've talked to some cool people. Hopefully, none of them will end up like some of the people we're talking about (laughs) One would hope that you don't end up on our celebrity death show. (laughs) I really don't want that to happen. No, 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 no. no. That's not what you want. But you know what? We we have talked to some pretty cool people. Don Grady uh, from My Three Sons. He played Robbie Douglas. We've talked to Kathy Garver from Family Affairs. She played Sissy. Uh, Jim Best was a really good interview we had who played uh, Roscoe P. Coltrane and the Dukes of Hazzard and was also in hundreds, literally hundreds of other things. And every once in a while, we'll go the expert route instead of talking to an actual star uh, celebrity of the past. And that's what we're doing tonight. Now, Billy Ingram is our guest tonight. He is the creator of uh, TVParty.com. He has actually hosted shows and, and had shows on VH1 and Bravo. He's done a whole lot in the past. Um, and he's actually from the city where I am broadcasting from right now in Greensboro, North Carolina. Milo joins us from Pittsburgh, by the way. And uh, Billy's on the line with us. And boy, Billy, do I love, we love your website. In fact, it's in our list of our favorite links on there. 
Oh, thanks so much, Eric. I really appreciate it. Hey, Mella, how are you doing? It's great We're good. To, oh, it's great to be here, I just got to tell you. <laughs> well, no, it's wonderful to have you. Like, I'm really excited because it's true. It's like what you see, you've, you've got quite a site, and it's really fun now, especially as the Internet has even, you know, within the past five, ten years, become so much more important to meet people who are really, dare I say, your, uh, your wealth of knowledge, you're almost like a like a TV encyclopedia. You are the Encyclopedia Britannica he is. of, uh, of uh, uh, classic television. Well, I'm a facilitator as much as anything. You know, a lot of people write in, a lot of people contribute to TV Party, uh, a lot of writers, and then a lot of just users uh, contribute information. So it's really a project that, that thousands of people have, have contributed to. Yeah, you know, uh, Billy, I, I want to ask you how you got started with the website and what, before we get into the celebrity uh, deaths thing, because, I mean, you, you're a wealth of knowledge with TV altogether, but when you started that website, the Internet was fairly young, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I had just uh, come from 15 years in Los Angeles working in the entertainment industry, the last eight of which I was designing movie poster artwork for the big studios and working with people like Barbra Streisand and Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, all the big guys, all the big studios. And so in 1994, I, I decided I wanted to be a writer instead of an artist. And I, I came to Greensboro, and, and my good friend James Counts, who I became business partners with, showed me this thing called the Internet, which I'd never heard of. <laughs> and I immediately realized that this was just going to be huge. That it, you know, if you had this kind of interconnectivity between people and, and you had access to information at your fingertips. Uh, and, of course, I had experience as a writer, as an artist, as a producer, as you know, so I was able to take all of those those skills and those talents and put them together into the website. And I realized at the very beginning of the internet that there was no website devoted to classic TV. And television is the one thing that we all have in common as Americans growing up. You know, the baby boomers and and afterwards, we all grew up with television, and so we all had that sort of shared experience. And television was a a, a different beast than it is today. And it was a great a wonderful imaginative box to grow up with in the in the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. And you know, uh, now, have, go ahead, Milo. I'm sorry. No, I was. No, I was just going to say one of the things that I find interesting too is that you know it, you've got this wonderful uh, website where you've got so much information, and there's just like it's it's really exploded because it's not just like blah, blah, blah about a particular show, next page. I mean, you, of course, incorporated where people can get these classic things and reviewing even, like, I know that there's, like, 2009 TV show reviews. So, I mean, do you think that there's really something for everyone on your site? Like, it's not just for people who really, really love Leave it to Beaver? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think there's a unique, a unique perspective to the website that people can appreciate. So whether I'm writing reviews of... Uh, classic TV shows on DVD or current TV shows on DVD or even current TV shows that are, that are coming on the air now like Dollhouse and um, Comedy Central shows and Spike TV shows. I think there's a, you know, that sort of shared, that shared experience that I was just talking about growing up with television. I bring that, that perspective to the review. So I think, yeah, I think there is something, a little bit something for everybody. And if, if there's a classic TV show on DVD, we definitely have, we can definitely point you to it and get you you know, get it in your hands. <laughs> Bill, Billy, tell tell me a little bit about, let's go ahead and talk about our celebrity desk, because when you and I were trying to come up with which is, is it, you know, with Billy, by the way, it's not a matter of, of uh, what can we talk about, it's which topic do we talk about. So um, so we had decided on maybe some of these rather strange, unusual celebrity desks. Now, one person that I, I, I'm pretty sure I read this on TVParty.com, one person that you talked about was Carol Wayne. And for those of you that don't remember Carol Wayne, you will probably when we describe her, because she was on The Tonight Show quite a bit. John 
Johnny Carson is my idol, so I own all the Tonight Show collections. And I remember Carol Wayne, buxom blonde, played kind of the ditzy role, uh, always there with Art Fern in the Tea Time movie when, when Johnny Carson would do his bits. But I read that story, I'm pretty sure, on your website, and, and her the circumstances surrounding her death are so crazy. And if that happened today with forensic science the way it was, I'm sure we'd probably have a different situation. But tell, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, and if it had happened in the United States, it might have happened. Yeah, that's well, right. Went, yeah, she was a big, busted, bubbly blonde, and you know, the art fern TV, you know, uh, TV movies, and, and so on, so on, so on. Yeah, crazy, crazy skit. And she was also on a ton of, of uh, old game shows, you know, just playing the, the dumb blonde. But they always joked about Carol Wayne that, you know, with those big bazungas of hers, that she'd never drown. <laughs> but she actually did. She drowned in four feet of water. And what happened was... Uh, when the Tonight Show went from 90 minutes to 60 minutes, there wasn't as much time for all those skits, like the Art Fern skits and the, the old lady that he, he used to play and all that, Aunt Blabby. Aunt Blabby. And uh, so those sort of fell by the wayside, and, and, and she lost her, her best gig. Game shows started running out as well. So she was basically becoming a sort of a high-priced escort. Now, she went out um, to a trip with a, a San Diego car dealer, last name of Dunstan, and... and um, or Durston, I'm sorry, and they went on, on vacation in, in, in uh, Mexico, and they apparently had a fight about where they were going to stay that night, and she walked off, according to Durston's story, and Durston went to bed and got up the next morning and took Carol Wayne's bags to the airport, left them there, and went back to the United States without even so much as wondering what happened to her. Her body washed up three days later in four feet of water. Now, Carol, she was fully dressed. Carol Wayne was terrified of the water, wouldn't go near the water. And um, so, you know, there was some kind of confusion as to why, you know, why that would be. Uh, this happened down in Mexico, and, of course, Durston was in the United States, and he claimed he was innocent, and I'm sure he was. You know, he's, he's still around. I'm sure he was innocent. But, you know, there was a weird twist to that story. I don't know if you remember, back in the uh, late 60s, uh, Art Linkletter, who had a very popular daytime show, um, and he, he used to interview the kids. Kids say the darndest thing. His daughter had suicide. Uh, she was on an acid trip, and she jumped out of a you know, 20-story window or something uh, while she was high on acid. And um, it just so happened that the fellow that was with her, the only person that was with her, was this, this same fellow who was with uh, Caroline. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Not that it, you know, I'm sure there's no foul play. I'm not implying anything. You know, it's just <laughs> weird coincidence. You know, I'm not, you know, don't get me wrong. <laughs> that is weird. Oh, Milo, what did you, you uh, there was somebody, I can't remember who it was, you wanted to ask a question about, uh, who was that? It's Alfalfa. Oh, yeah, that's And right. actually, this is on, uh, there's a link to it from the TV Party homepage. So, uh, for those of you who remember, of course, the little rascals, our gang, Carl Alfalfa Switzer at the bit of an inglorious end. What, what happened to him? Well, you know, well, the, the truth about that has just come forward. You know, a lot of people have heard stories about how Alfalfa died. I think the most popular <clears throat> is that he was killed over a $50 bet. Um, what actually happened was a little more entangled and a lot more interesting. Alfalfa, you know, remember the Our Gang comedies, really super, super popular uh, comedies uh, back in the late 30s and early 40s that he was in. And then when television came around in the 50s, these things got recycled on television. And stations would run little rascals. You know, they'd come up 10 minutes short. They'd just throw on the little rascals. 
<laughs> Everything wasn't as precision in time back then. You know, a show could actually run 10 minutes short. They got a, they got a hole in the schedule. And then they would run them, run them in blocks and run them on local kid shows and, and whatnot. They were really, really popular. And, of course, Alfalfa had stopped working pretty much after those things. He would go to auditions and the producers would go, well, you know, sing for us, Alfalfa. You know, and he'd, he'd get real pissed off about that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but he was, a, he was a terrible little kid. There, there's stories about, you know, at one time on the set of The Little Rascals, uh, he peed on those big arc lights that they had back then, these huge arc lights, which caused them to explode. And then the gas <laughs> just filled the studios. You know, they had to fumigate the studios for days after that. He also pulled a prank, a famous prank on uh, Darla. He said, you know, Darla, reach into my pocket. I've got something for you. She reached in. He had a switchblade knife with the blade up. Oh, my gosh. Was, this was the type of person he was. So, so well, apparently, so, so later on, Alfalfa, you know, he's drinking, he's, you know, he's carousing around, he's getting in trouble. Uh, he borrows a dog from this guy, and uh, they go hunting, and, and Alfalfa loses the dog. And the guy, you know, who owned the dog is really upset about this, and Alfalfa offers a $50 reward for the dog. Someone turns in the dog, Alfalfa gives the guy 50 bucks, he goes over to the guy's house, gives him the dog back. Well, Alfalfa's sitting around one day, and he's getting drunk, and he's thinking, you know, that guy owes me 50 bucks. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to get as drunk as I can get. I'm going to go over there and get my 50 bucks. So he goes over there knocking on the door. Now, the story, the official story was Alfalfa came in. He had a knife. He was yelling and screaming. And, and um, the fellow who sh- shot him, Bud Stiltz, uh, did so, you know, just out of self-defense. Alfalfa was in his home and, and, you know, angry and waving a knife. And so what choice did he have? Well, just a few years ago, a fellow came forward who was a, a kid at the time. He was just 10 or 12 years old at the time, who lived in the house. This is the, the widow of, of um, famous uh, uh, cowboy star, uh, which is named Craddock. <laughs> um, and, and he saw the whole thing. And that wasn't what happened at all. Alfalfa was upset and came to the door, but he didn't have a knife. But Stiltz came into the room with a, with a gun and shot him dead. Oh, just wow. in cold blood. Just shot him in cold blood. Now, there was an inquest and where Stiltz was cleared and all that. But this kid, he said he was never interviewed. He wanted to be interviewed. And, you know, he kept his mouth shut for, for a number of years. But only now do we know that, that he was murdered in cold blood. Wow. Yeah. And I still can't believe, though, I mean, here's this kid. I mean, the only thing I can ever of course, I know, you know, people grow up. But the only memory we have of this guy is that little spit curl in the middle of his head. And you're telling me he stuck a switchblade in his pocket and made Darla region. That's horrible. <laughs> Well, another way you may know him is in It's a Wonderful Life. If you remember, the couple are dancing on a, a floor, and the floor opens up to a pool. Yes. A swimming pool, and they all fall, in the, they fall into the swimming pool. Uh, Alfalfa was the guy who pushed the button to open up that. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. He had, some, he had a little bit of a career after uh, The Little Rascals in our gang, but, but not really much. They, they tried to build a, another kid uh, a gang around him as teenagers, you know, sort of our gang as, as teenagers, oh, but wow. that just really didn't, yeah. Um, we have uh, w- one of our listeners that comes in just about every week, Greg uh, from North Carolina is on here. Greg, you had a question for Billy? Uh, sure, Billy. Uh, Paul Lind, I think, is one of the funniest guys ever, and I know there were some bizarre circumstances surrounding his death. I was uh, wondering if you could uh, elaborate on what you know about his death. Wow, Paul Lind, where do I start? <laughs> that story has so many angles, and a couple of them are personal, too. Um, <laughs> 
Paul Lynn, you know, he was, in 1974, Paul Lynn was, was voted America's favorite comedian. And I believe in 75 he was as well. Uh, he was hugely popular on the Hollywood squares during the daytime and at night. Um, but by 1978, he was really drinking heavily, and his life started just unraveling. He was arrested outside of a gay bar in Utah when he was doing the Donnie wait, and Marie show. Wait a minute, wait a minute. There, wait, Billy, there's a gay bar in Utah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, a, a queen like Paul Lynn managed to find it, yeah. Um, but even, you know, being arrested outside the gay bar, that's not good for your career if you're a regular on the Donnie and Marie show. No. So he was, he was fired for that. He was famously arrested uh, for drunk driving. Uh, you know, the, the cop pulled him over. The cop goes up to him, and, and Paul Lynn leans out the window and says, I'll have a hamburger and fries and a large <laughs> Coke. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so, so, and, and he, his drinking had gotten to the point where he was even drinking on the set at the, the Hollywood Squares. They finally fired him in 79 because he was so unruly. Several times they had to drag him, the security had to come and drag him off the set. He would attack the, the stars oh and, the, and the contestants gosh. and the audience members. And he would just go insane. <laughs> so they finally had to fire him and, and replace him with Henny Youngman, which meant the death of Hollywood Squares. Yes. So... And then one more incident. Oh, my gosh. At North, Northwestern University, and this was just a capper. He was there because they were having a big alumni. He was alumni of the school, and he'd just you know, gone in the parade, the big alumni parade and everything, and he was at the Burger King late one night, and he was drunk off his ass. And he went into this racist tirade against this guy, oh, this, wow. this black man, and uh, who just happened to be a professor of sociology at Northwestern and who wrote a scathing letter about it in the newspaper. Of course, Paul Lynn apologized profusely, but, you know, I mean, it was unbelievable what he said. I'm not even going to say it. You know, just really horrible and insulting. Uh, and that was really just the final nail. And I was working in 1982 at a, at a small agency, and one of our clients was a male model, and this was, you know, like I say, the early 80s, and let's face it, male model is just another name for male prostitute. Yep. And that's what he was. <laughs> <laughs> He comes in one day and he shows me this check. He's going to pay for a job. He's going to, will we take this third-party check? And I said, well, let me see it. And it's a check from Paul Lynn for $1,000. Oh, yeah. oh, boy. <laughs> and I didn't want to guess how, how he got that. But a week later, Paul Lynn ends up dead in his bed. Um, apparently, amyl nitrate poppers nearby. And the theory was that someone, possibly my friend, who, who's, who was now a huge, huge model, GQ model, very, very famous all over the world, uh, might have been there when he died and just, you know, walked out without calling the police. Oh, wow. You know, <laughs> but, ah. you, know he, you know, such a great career, such a great career, and such a beloved person. And he just, you know, in just a matter of a few years, just completely disintegrated. And, you know, the, I remember, I loved Paul Lynn, too. I thought he was one of the funniest people oh, I'd ever seen. Oh, funny as hell. But, you know, he, he, he didn't come up with those clips on, on, uh, you know, on the Hollywood Squares. More often than not, they were written for him. My favorite uh, Hollywood Square moment with him was when Peter Marshall said to him one time, said, Paul, is it true that they have a musical bra? And he went, the hells are alive. <laughs> <laughs> he was great. You know, nobody figured out that he was gay back then. It was I just know. Not, it was nothing that was said. And so nobody, you know, it was a big surprise when it came out that he was gay. Just people just couldn't imagine. But you couldn't imagine him not being. I remember once. And that's the most shocking thing of all. It is the most shocking then. thing of all. Exactly. Because, I mean, if you, you, like you said, I mean, you know, you look at Paul Lynn now and you're like, come on, there's no way you couldn't know. And the funny thing, too, with, uh, I loved his line on, um, wasn't he the, wasn't he Perry Como's sidekick, Billy? 
He may have been. That was a little before my yeah, time. I but think, yeah, I think he did a lot of those shows in the early days. I remember my dad saying once that he came out and uh, there was. I think he was the you know sort of like the Ed McMahon to Johnny Carson for the Perry Como show. Of course, that was you know before my time too. But I, I think that's that's the show. Um, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I know that his line, they had the guy, uh, Ed Ames, whoever that played Tonto on the Lone mm-hmm. Ranger, they had him come out and they said, Perry Como says, Paul, say hello to our guest tonight. And he goes, hello, Indian person. <laughs> I, just, I just loved his delivery. I loved him. He could say anything and it would just sound funny. You're right. You could read the phone book and it would sound That's funny. That's right. Hi, Sammy. You know, when he was on the <laughs> witch. See, now, what I want to know is, okay, so there's a lot of, like, obviously things like this happen to people, whether they're famous or not. Of course, when they're famous, that's when we start to kind of hear about them, and there's the conspiracy theories and all that. Do you think that we're going to see, like, perhaps a decrease, thanks to modern forensics and the Internet and everything else, with these sort of mysteries? Or do you think that maybe people are just going to get better at hiding it and we're still going to be able to, you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now be talking about, like, the mysterious demise of, insert whomever you think is going to demise mysteriously here? I say let's dig up all the old celebrities and then test them and do forensics on them. Let's just bring them all up. We, whether they died under suspicious circumstances or not, you know. That's probably let's go true. looking for trouble. Because you, you know what? It's like, uh, it's like the, the DNA testing now. They're probably all – there's some DNA from a lot of those folks all together in those graves. Well, you know, the Boulder police are looking – they reopened the case of John Benet Ramsey. <clears throat> they're going to use uh, techniques that weren't around uh, – 10, 15 years yep. ago, whenever it was, when, when she was killed. And so they may now find that, you know, the answer to that mystery. Now, what do you so, know, yeah, what do you know, Billy, about the, uh, the Bob Crane case? Because, I, you know, I watched a, uh, you know, I can't remember, whatever the show is that goes back and, and one of the 20,000 shows that, yeah. that do this. But um, that was a really odd situation with him and that other guy. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, they were videotaping themselves having sex. And this was at a time when videotape equipment was hugely expensive and just so bulky. You can't even imagine. Uh, back then, I remember I did a, a TV show for public access in the mid-70s, and, and I couldn't get a copy of the tape because the tape cost over $100 <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, for an hour tape. So, and which is one of the reasons why you know people think that their their moment on romper room is is going to be preserved, but you know the stations certainly weren't you know warehousing hundred dollar tapes right. to save up the romper room. Well, they never <laughs> so, could pin that one. Yeah, on. but I mean, being bludgeoned to death and then it being unsolved for so long, and uh, and then, of course Bob Crane's career—he could no, I mean he had a huge career. He was huge, and yet you know, turned around at the peak of his career, and he's broke, and he's having to do dinner theater. I know, and, you and know... How does that happen? <laughs> and that guy, I can't remember... He's the, the, perfectly respectable, all right? Don't, don't <laughs> folks do dinner theater, okay? I've done it too, Milo, I'll admit, so that's okay. <laughs> you can get? <laughs> yeah, but for Bob Crane, you know, once you've been... Once you've been on the Donna Reed show, Hogan's Heroes, and all that, and then to, then to do your dinner theater thing, that's, you know, usually it's the other way around. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, one of the talk about a star who lost who lost their money. Barbara Bel Geddes, you know, the star of Dallas, the matriarch of Dallas, uh, J.R.'s mom on Dallas, uh, one of the greatest actresses of all time. Uh, she, of course, she was on that show, Dallas, the number one show in the 1980s. She was one of the stars of that. So you got to figure she made a lot of money. By the time she she ended on the show, I think around '92, she looked around. She was broke. And she was like, you know, and she was going to lose her beloved home. 
she sued a, a business associate. I'm blaming this business associate for the problems, but she lost her lawsuit and was bankrupt and lost her home. You know, here she is, nearly 90 years old, and has to move into a guest house behind one of her friends' house. Oh, my um, gosh. It, you know, it just seems un, unthinkable that <laughs> she could run out of money after being on a hit show like that. But, you know, the, the way the business, you know, like Judy Garland used to say, there's no business like show business. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We know it's true. I mean, you've got the power of the studios. You've got lots of money. You have people, in some cases, who are making money overnight. You have all the pressure that goes. So you've got, you know, you've got to hide who you really are, especially back in the day when, you know, it wasn't okay to come out of the closet if you were gay. So you have this secrecy, this, this sort of cauldron, this bubbling crockpot of secrecy and money and sex and drugs, and you roll that all up, and my goodness, it makes for basically a Hollywood movie script. Yeah, I mean, you, you can look at the story of Freddie Prinze as a perfect, uh, that's it in the microcosm, you know, a comic from nowhere, all of a sudden the star of the number one show in the country, and, you know, money coming at him so fast, you, just, you know, he can't smoke it all so fast, <laughs> it's coming so fast. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I, mean, it, I guess it, it does consume you. It can consume a, a person. Um, you know, I'm, I certainly would never have wanted that for myself. You know, people imagine, oh, wouldn't it be great to be a star and, and all that, but I, I'm not, I don't think it would be so great. Is there anyone else, uh, Billy, as far as a, uh, a, a strange celebrity death that you've written about that we haven't touched on that you think is a, is a really unusual situation? Well, there's a bunch of them. Um, of course, George Reeves. Uh, who played TV Superman? Oh, yeah. That's been one of the uh, the big mysteries of all time. Nobody really knows what happened that night, but it's it's clear that he certainly did. I mean, you know, when I was a kid, I heard the story of how Superman died that he shot himself or that he jumped off a building thinking he could fly. <laughs> That's what he I heard. Yeah, everybody heard some story, but what happened was <laughs> it's a tangled wave. Uh, he was dating Eddie Mannix's wife. Eddie Mannix was a known mobster that worked for Paramount Pictures at the time. And when they had a messy situation, they'd call Eddie Mannix in and he'd clean it up. <laughs> um, and, and apparently he was uh, okay, with, uh, perhaps, with him uh, dating his, his wife. But the, So here's what happened. George Reese comes home, and his wife is, is entertaining some guests. He goes up to his bedroom. His wife says, oh, there, George is walking up the steps. Oh, he's walking into the bedroom. Oh, he's opening up the table beside the bed. Oh, he's pulling out a gun. Now he's going to shoot himself. And then bang! <laughs> that was one story. Oh, my um, gosh. <laughs> the guest, uh, you know, didn't call the police for hours, uh, presumably to get their story straight. But what a lot of people believe happened was Hitman walked in the house, walked upstairs, capped George Reeves, because there were several bullets, which had to be explained later, um, and walked downstairs and said, you know, anybody else want some? Otherwise, keep your mouth shut. And, uh, you know, there's still, you know, very few people, you know, there's still uh, Lenora Lemon, who was one of the people involved. She was, she was George's fiance, who lived with him at the time. She's still alive up in New York, and, and a girl came to one of my signings, my book signings, and she had been to visit Lenora Lemon up in um, in New York, and a lot of people had speculated that she had done it, but she was like, no, no, you know, wow. I can't tell you really what she said because she's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, that's, real, that's, that's a story that people have been puzzled about for a long, long time, and we, we probably never will know the answer to that. 
What about, um, I mean, and again, this is kind of moving away from television, but it's still Hollywood, and, you know, they've done the movie thing and everything. What do you think of the whole Black Dahlia? Can you can you speak to that as far as, um, you know, will do you think we'll ever know the truth behind yeah, that? Yeah, well, I think we do know. I think we do know. I, I think that fellow who came forward to say that his his father, who was a surgeon, uh, did the you know this this fellow decided he did, his he knew his dad knew the the girl who was the black dahlia because there were pictures of him in his house you know he'd see pictures of his of his dad with this with this lady and who he recognized as the black dahlia and so and and the black dahlia's body if you don't remember was found in two pieces and it, you know it was it was cut just perfectly and uh, no is this is this the same story. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I just passed out. It was out. obvious that, that a surgeon had done it, and so he started looking into the story, and, and the more he looked into it, the more he realized that it was his father that had done it. Oh, my gosh. Oh. And um, so, but it's a fascinating story. It's a fascinating book, and they made a movie out of it, and it's, it, you know, it's, hmm. it's very, a bit, very wild. Big success. That's right. Uh, Greg, uh, you know, from... Uh, discovered that your father is one of the, you know, oh. responsible for one of the greatest unsolved murders of all time. Wow. <laughs> okay, great. Now, who was Jack the Ripper? You seem to know it all. No, I, <laughs> I think he was an English bloke. Um, yeah, I believe he was over there in, in Jolly, you know, a little bit before television. That's but, right. Uh, that's right. He, he certainly had a story made for television. I never stopped talking no. about that. Hey, Greg, you have a question? Uh, I wanted to ask uh, what he knew about the circumstances surrounding uh, Natalie Wood's death. That was certainly uh, mysterious, to say the least. Uh, and just ask if uh, he would comment on that. Well, I was working in the movie industry at the time, and I remember when it happened, and, you know, word gets around in the business uh, when things like that happen, but you don't know whether it's true or not, you know, but the story goes around. Um, you know, the story that I heard was that um, Christopher Walken and uh, R.J., uh, Robert Wagner, and Natalie Wood were all sitting around. Well, Natalie was having an affair with Christopher Walken, apparently, according to the story, and a big argument ensued and Natalie Wood got up drunk and decided she was getting the hell out of there and got the little dinghy ready to, to get in it, tripped and fell and hit her head and, and died. And the dinghy sort of floated away and, and she was found uh, the next morning. Um, and that was the story that I, don't, I always heard. But, you know, what that is what happened. I don't think, you know, neither one of the, the two guys who are still alive, I don't believe, has ever really talked about it. Now, I know Robert Wagner just wrote a book on that. And uh, when we had, we have, uh, in fact, we have Lana Wood, Natalie's sister, coming up um, this coming Wednesday. Uh, we're we're having her on again, not for that, but she's basically talking all things West Side Story for us, um, for in place of Natalie, obviously. But one time I asked her, I said, "Hey, can you get me in touch with Robert Wagner? I'd like to talk to him about his book that came out." And she goes, "Absolutely not." So I somehow, the, you know, the family, there's no love lost there for Robert Wagner. Well, you can imagine why if that story was true, right? You know. Even if it's not, <laughs> right? You know, it's it's a terrible tragedy though. And here was an actress, really a, a beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous. Yeah. You know, great actress, wonderful. You know, career ahead of her, many many years, uh, devoted fans. You know, it was a terrible tragedy. Yeah, Billy, what uh, you want to give it? Give us a give us a plug for anything you have coming up on TV party, and and uh, what do you have coming up that's, that's of interest? Uh, we'll, we'll be looking at all classic TV shows and classic comedians, and uh, you know, and we'll be looking at, at local shows. We're hearing from a lot of the romper room teachers from around the country <laughs> right now. 
which is really cool, and people sending in their romper room pictures and video, and so we're collecting video of what little there is. I mean, there's almost no video of romper room um, anywhere in the country, even though it was a show that was on in every single market every single day. Uh, so, you know, you know we're, we're really just looking at the, at the aspects of TV, uh, of classic TV that the other people are, are missing out, you know. We're digging for the obscure information. And I just want to give his, his uh, website a final plug too. For those of you that uh, I mean, and, you know, everybody that listens to this knows that I'm a complete classic TV geek, and and uh, Billy's website has everything that you can think of. I mean, my our little waitiknowthis.com website is like a child compared to his <laughs> grown-up website. Um, every and, DVD, there are, and there are 3,000 video clips on TV Party that you won't find anywhere else. Absolutely. In fact, I'm going to say this just as a tease, and then those of you listening or, or listening to this after the fact on a download, um, this is all I'm going to say. You remember a kid show called The New Zoo Review. Just go to his website, look for the the Newzu review clip. You won't believe it. It's hilarious behind the scenes stuff when these guys were joking around. I don't think they even realized somebody was rolling on it. It is <laughs> hilarious. It is hilarious. I love to see when kid shows, uh, you know, the actors involved in kid shows have a good time. And this one is, uh, yeah, this one might be a little. It's almost a. That's more than a PG thirteen rating on that video, right, Billy? <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it really is. That's good, Billy. Thank you so much for being with us. I hope you'll stop back in. I'd love to have you uh, co-host when Mila's off one uh, weekend in March. So consider that. I'd love to do it. And Mila, it's great talking to you. Thank you so much, Eric. I really appreciate it. Enjoyed it. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. And, uh, Eric, I think uh, I think we have to uh, go over what we learned on the show today. It is, and we should have been um, doing this all along. This is kind of like I got I get some emails once in a while from folks saying, you know, I was waiting for a trivia show. They thought we are like a trivia contest show, which we actually do have coming up. But well, the way we word it is that you get trivia uh, in the store in the form of back of backstage stories from the celebrities that we interview each week, and that's the kind of trivia you won't get in, in most uh, sites. So we've decided, Mila says, you know what, I, each week I'm going to recap and say, what did we learn today? Well, I think we learned some interesting things. It was a little depressing, of course, because we were <laughs> dealing with celebrity death. But we, but we learned that Alfalfa was killed in cold blood. Yes. We learned that George Reeves was probably capped in front of an audience. We learned <laughs> Hollywood is a bubbling crockpot of sex, drugs, and money. Wait, I think we already knew that. Yeah, I think we do. And we learned that modern forensics will probably make discussions like this a lot less fun. Absolutely. So, taking some of the mystery away, but perhaps <laughs> perhaps that people will find justice. Nicely and done. That what it's all about. Nicely. You know what I'm going to do, Mila, in the future? I'm going to have some like soap opera from the 50s kind of Peyton Place music to play as you read those in the future. That would fit. Yeah, that would fit perfectly. All right, what do we have next week, Mila? Well, coming up next week, we do, in fact, speaking of how we don't aren't a trivia show, except for next week when we are a trivia show. Yes, it's going to be our second stab at actually having a trivia contest. Uh, of course, if you want to participate, you're going to have to join us live. We'll take a few participants. We're going to do kind of a round robin. And, yes, we will be giving away prizes. So Woo! test your uh, trivia knowledge and make sure to tell your friends and have them try out. And if they're lucky, they will be able to, quote, unquote, come on down metaphorically on the internet you know what we mean that's right and uh we'll take it from there and hopefully you'll win some really cool stuff i some of it might be from tv party so we'll see that's right billy said he might donate a few uh, a few presents so we want to thank everybody for uh, being with us you know this is uh 
this has been a lot of fun. And uh, next week, don't forget, as Myla mentioned, since that is a contest, I mean, we act, we give away real prizes, folks. But for that one, you've got to tune in live. And we are live on Sunday nights at 7 o'clock Eastern time. Go to our website, waitinknowthis.com. We've got all the information there for you. That way you'll, uh, you'll know exactly how to be a part of this show. We have a good time as always. Thanks for joining us on the show that brings you trivia from the stars. It's the fastest growing pop culture trivia show online. We'll see you next week on Wait, I Know This. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.